How's it going? Yeah, good. I'm eating a Reese's big cup. Oh, is that just one big lad? Yep, a unit, and it's got Reese's pieces in it. Delicious. That's wild. Yeah. Truly, truly wild. Living that lockdown dream. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's less effective and I can't say it without hiccuping. Yeah. So shall we, do you want to record first or do you want to talk business first? Um, shall we record first and then do business after? Yeah. That makes sense. As long as, Rosie, you're happy with your, um, hiccups. <laughs> they, this episode of... They only Big started Sports about two minutes ago, sponsored so I think by we're going to be in it for a while. Hiccups. <laughs> yeah. As long as everyone's by... fine with that. Yeah. That's cool. You could say it's Kevin Costner's fault. <laughs> I could never. <laughs> Ugh. You cannot blame Costner for the... No. I don't know what else has been in. Oh, I meant to Google something, actually. Are we recording or are we we already in... Can I borrow your phone? Yes. I'm already recording. I don't know about you. We are already recording. Uh, That's fine. Oh, God. Right. I'm sorry. I just need to do some... Well, then let's just press on. Yeah. (laughs) You crack on. Paddy's going to go through and edit every single hiccup out of this. (laughs) Yep. Well, the thing impressed. is, once you know what the sound wave looks like, it's actually relatively easy. Like with my other show, I know exactly what the sound wave, wave of Rob saying um looks like. So I know and I can just see them and just chop them out. <laughs> <laughs> Chopping out the ums. That's what I used to do on my baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> how, are you, uh, how are you doing? How are you finding life? Oh, it has been a Monday, let me tell you. You know how yes. Garfield's all like, oh, I don't like Mondays. I think maybe he was right. I used to ignore him because, you know, Garfield. But maybe maybe he had something there. Like, I, yeah, I think he had more wisdom than people give him credit for. Yeah. Mondays are shocking. Garfield was full name? of sense. Full of sense, as in yeah. smelly sense. <laughs> as in 50 cents. Yeah. Yep. Bad <laughs> throws. <laughs> the, the greatest <laughs> first pitch of all time. <laughs> Which, you know, really? obviously we're in lockdown, so baseball is in full-on, you know, let's remember some guys mode. But one of those, one of the most important guys to remember is 50 Cent, who threw the best first pitch of all time. Mm. Bet the best worst. Most <laughs> beautiful. I think the best first pitch went to Jerry Seinfeld. Was it last year? Last season? Or the season before? Like... Just perfect, straight down the middle. Beautiful. A little sidearm as well. Interesting pitching motion. <laughs> Did he have a walkout song? Because it would have been... Boom, ba-dum, boom. I should watch Seinfeld, actually. I did watch it all a couple of years ago. Um, all of it? Yeah. Wow. In one night. <laughs> that was a long night. <laughs> but now I'm a base- baseball appreciator. Um, I should go back and watch it because he does talk about it quite a lot. There's he? quite a few baseball-related episodes, isn't there? Yeah, because um, George works for the the um, the Yankees for many of the seasons, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he does. Oh, I forgot about that. That's like the later seasons. I don't think I've seen many of the old ones. I've seen a load of the. 
first few seasons of it, but I've never got any further than that. I've seen quite a lot of it, but I've not seen it all. I've kind of dipped in and out here and there. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, but there are little things that stay with you. Like there's one quite early episode where he's dating, he dates a woman, and it's just, she's only in that one episode. And like after a couple of dates, they're they're in the car, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I just don't think I can I can be with someone who like it's something to do with this job. I can't even remember what it is." But he just he turns around there and he goes, "You're a cashier." <laughs> that, like every time I hear the word cashier, that that just yeah, that really stuck with me. Do you know how when you go into banks, you just you're a cashier? Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Like, yes, I am. <laughs> Correct. So, how can yeah. I help? So that's a very very good first pitch, and um, there's a very good one by Carly Rae Jepsen as well. Have you seen that one? Oh, I, I haven't. The Tampa Ra- Tampa Bay Rays game of all places for the Canadian superstar. But um, <laughs> she does like a like a shot putting motion, and it just kind of falls right in front of her, <laughs> and then she laughs her ass off. That's great. I don't know yeah. why people don't practice pitching. I must say that in the last year year or so, it's really been something I try and finesse. I feel like everybody should try and everybody, especially in America, should and Canada, learn how to throw a baseball properly. Yeah, it's good for you. Good for yeah. your heart. Good for your mind. It's like riding a bike or learning to cook. It's like one of those life skills that everybody should know how to do. Throwing a ball properly. Yeah. yeah. Swimming. The, the thing I would say about baseball, though, is that the mound to the to the plate is pretty far. Like, it's it's quite an achievement to be able to throw that far. Yeah. Have either of you ever thrown off a mound? No. no. Yeah, I have. And it's actually, it's amazing how much extra heft you get from being on the mound. Because like, um, you're taking like a step down it, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you when you throw, when you go into the, the motion and it's like you're falling, which gives you that huge bit of momentum. It's amazing. It feels great. It makes pitching on flat ground seem definitely very inferior and not as good. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, next time me and you go to the beach, Sam, I'll build a little mound yeah yeah throw off that that sounds perfect sand dunes when the beach (laughs) isn't full of tits who aren't um social distancing yeah i said this a couple of times over the last few days but we saw some people um sharing a big shisha pipe on the promenade the other day (laughs) which is possibly (laughs) the least social distancing thing that you can do people are idiots like the beach is set, like in our defense we live 10 minutes walk from the beach so that is our normal going out for a quick wander location which is why we are there so or we go there quite often but there's people there just crammed onto the first bit of the beach mm. You're like, yeah Every pass day. me that covid19 bong <laughs> yeah and if not that everyone's definitely getting sunburnt yeah and sharing the Rona reefer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very bad. But what's good is, you know, baseball nostalgia and baseball films in lockdown. That's why we're here, right? It's either that or we're here to talk about the um, the hip-hop project Fieldy's Dreams, which is a side project of the bassist from the band Korn. <laughs> is, this, is this you doing some cross-promotion? 
<laughs> yeah, for my other show. <laughs> did you did you guys know this? This is actually a real thing. It sounds like I, the kind of shit I'd make up, but it's actually real. I was I was aware of Fieldy's dreams. I was not. Yeah. Not not good. That's like late career corn as well, isn't it? Though that was like It was two thousand and two he did one album. Oh, okay. Under the name Fieldy's Dreams. Of which there's a song called Child Childhood Vigilante about how he likes to tear up the neighborhood when he's a teen and one of the lines is shave your cat's back is a must. <laughs> um <laughs> yes. amongst lots of other things about shitting and smoking weed and stuff. It's a really yeah. classy album. Mm. <laughs> Played at the finest dinner parties. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Kevin Costner hasn't heard it, but he has. <laughs> I just googled has Kevin Costner ever thrown out the first pitch and I the evidence seems unconclusive but he must have done but then I saw there's this massive campaign to get him to throw out the first pitch at the Field of Dreams game which is happening yeah. but not happening anymore probably so I, I, I didn't they confirm it gets, that it was cancelled I, I hope it gets rescheduled for next year yeah. I hope they do do it and I hope he throws out the first pitch so remind me what what is this Field of Dreams real game Thing. This Excuse season, me. they decided to do a game. I think it's between the Yankees and the White Sox. Um, they've like built a, a replica of the field from Field of Dreams in a cornfield in Iowa and put in some stands, and you can go to the watch the game there. It's weird that they do it. I only just decided to do it because the film's a lot older than I thought it was. Yeah, it's like it came out the year after I was born. So this yeah. film is really old. Yeah, dead old. <laughs> It's from last century, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, why now? Is it? It's not even an anniversary of Field of Dreams. Just no, they probably after. just found some lunatic who had the money and wanted to do it. Yeah, fair. Jumping on that nostalgia. Maybe train. someone started hearing voices and felt <laughs> yeah. that they should contact MLB. Build it, and MLB will come. <laughs> Rob Manfred woke up one morning and heard the voice, and he was like, "It's got to happen in Iowa," because Slipknot are the most famous thing to come out of Iowa, and we need to change that. It's <laughs> not a plug for my other show. There you go. How many maybe new metal references can I drop in here? Maybe he didn't even see the film. Maybe he started telling someone. And they're like, oh, like in Field of Dreams. And he was like, yeah, 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 sure, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. I do like the idea that Rob Manfred hasn't ever seen a baseball film or a baseball <laughs> game, possibly. It's it's entirely possible because he yeah. obviously gives zero shits about the MLB. He's too busy managing. He's a busy executive. He can't sit down for three hours. <laughs> In fact, the main reason he wants to change the, all the pace of play, he's so bothered about all this play, pace of play bullshit, is so that he could actually watch a game. Yeah, he's just got an assistant that comes in every morning. He's like, okay, so I've got the uh, got the scores. And he's like, fucking, I don't care, Todd. I'm not interested in the scores. Just show me money. Yeah, Todd. And Todd comes in with like 10 briefcases full of, full of hard cash. And he's like, oh, yes. I'm going to spend three hours counting all this hard cash instead of watching last night's game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, Field of Dreams. I think it's really cool that they're doing that. And Yeah, I think it'll be cool. I would love to go to that game. Yeah. Are they going to try and make all the players disappear into corn, though? Because if they don't, I mean, what are you paying money for? Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the game, 
It's just um, Aaron Judge just walks off in the right field <laughs> well, into the corner uh, yeah. and never comes back. And he can he can do the my favourite part from the film, which is when one of the guys goes out the out and walks through, and he just goes, "I'm melting." <laughs> Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be Brett Gardner, would it? No, no. he should. He never he should melts. Melt. <laughs> he he is a melt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. There's no, um, there's no dugout at this field, so he wouldn't have anywhere to bang his bat. <laughs> no, he'd be, he'd be shucking some corn instead. He'd be the one pushing a little girl off the, off the benches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an absolute villain. <laughs> do you know what that we're skipping right to the end here but when her brother causes this child to fall off the bleachers and almost die they they sort her out and she's all fine and then they're like ah come on in and have some, yeah come and get a drink inside you're like no he just nearly murdered your child yeah why are you inviting him into your house it was the 80s it was more relaxed <laughs> yeah child yeah. murdering was yeah there was almost murder happening everywhere. It was fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, Field of Dreams. Um, I think I worked out whilst watching it that this is my fourth time watching Field of Dreams. Oh, okay. I'm a true Field of Dreams fan. Um, and seeming as I wasn't a baseball fan until about a year ago, I don't know why I'd watched it now four times, but it's just beautiful. It's a I'm, classic. I'm just going to point out world exclusive Rosie has just self-identified as a baseball fan. Yes, you heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming out of the closet <laughs> in my like in my what do they call it? In my jersey. I don't know. Yeah. With my bat. She's just yeah. pretending. She's just you're coming out of the cornfield. <laughs> yeah, stepping on out of those corn husks. Um, yeah, I think I have only seen it once before this. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I know that it's kind of like sappy and nostalgic as well. But yeah, and I know that there's some people that hate it for that. Um, but I, I love it. People hate it. I think people just there's definitely a, a school of thought which is it's just sappy, nostalgic bullshit. And I don't know. I mean, I first watched it in my mid twenties, so it definitely wasn't nostalgia for me. <laughs> no. Early twenties, yeah. maybe, but yeah, definitely See, no. I thought I had just... seen it before, but when I watched it this time, I realised that I'd actually never seen it. So this is oh, the really? first time I'd ever seen it. Oh, it's one really? of those things where I think I'd seen the trailer, and like the trailer for it must have been on some other film that we had. You know, at the begin back in the days of the VHS tapes when you had the tapes. Yeah, uh-huh. she, yeah, she. Yeah, back in the day, you had to rewind the video, and um, <laughs> there were there were trailers at the beginning of the video yeah, i think yeah. i must have seen it and seen the trailer and then just confused that in my head with having seen other kevin costner films such as the masterpiece Waterworld. and <laughs> um yeah i i realized watching it that i had actually never seen it so it was actually really amazing to watch it for the first time this classic thing but also to experience it have as a baseball fan what and knowing actually having some of that context and that frame of reference that probably american kids might have had that if i'd have watched it when i was younger as a british person i actually wouldn't have had that frame of reference so it was actually great to experience it in that way yeah i think the last time i watched it was pre-baseball fandom so i think it 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 hit different this time Mm. yeah 
and maybe you know you you know what the base, all the baseball stuff means, but there's more to get hold of. If you're for non-baseball fans, there's you know, James Earl Jones is famous writer, Terence Mann. There's all that stuff about you know easing pain and all the motifs. Again, it's it's a baseball film, but it's not really about baseball, is it? It's about fathers and sons. It's about dreams, literally. So there's a lot to get hold of. I think even if you're a non-baseball fan, but if you're the kind of person who, again, probably American people are probably more likely to have this reaction if they don't like baseball and see that as this kind of nostalgic old bullshit if you go if you already have a bit of that mindset then i think you aren't gonna like it i I think it probably also feels a bit different to us as a film because i imagine it's the sort of thing that was probably on tv all of the time and probably still is on yeah american tv it's probably one of those things that you've watched it a hundred times like like we've watched the great escape every year or something Oh yeah, have you? You think it's the Great Escape of America? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Great Escape from the cornfield. Yeah, yeah. Not enough Nazis in it, though. <laughs> I've not seen the Great Escape, so I wasn't expecting that comment. You've not seen this, the Great Escape? <laughs> well, no, I think just it's as an aside, that... I generally hate war films, but I love the Great Escape. The Great, okay. the Great Escape is a good film. Is it black and white? No, no okay. it's early colour. Oh, okay. Hmm. It's nice <laughs> to look at. And the, there's list. baseball in that in as much as a lot of it is Steve McQueen throwing a ball and catching it in his glove in a cell. That's true. <laughs> That's probably the most <laughs> most baseball you get out of That it. is like a metaphor for your lockdown period, Sam. Yeah, that is yeah. how we all feel. <laughs> <laughs> throwing at the wall. Yeah, oh, interesting. I'd say that's that's really cool that this is the first time you've seen Field of Dreams. Yeah, and I, I what, really I really enjoyed it. What did you think of the music? Because I, having seen it four times, I felt like that opening music. I don't even know what it is. Is it like a trombone? I don't know. It's some sort of like. I felt like it's kind of iconic because it dips that in and kind out of the rest late eighties, early nineties generic brass. Yeah, yeah, it has got like a, a couple of musical phrases that get repeated throughout, like when when certain things happen. It is quite, it's one of those things that you recognise even if you don't really recognise it. Yeah, it's like low-key Star Wars music. Yeah. yeah. It's like it just pops up and you're like, oh yeah, it's a field of dreams. That's that, that bit of I music. thought the music was great and there were times when it went all kind of like 80s synth poppy but in a kind of low-key way yeah I, I thought it was it was really really good and emphasized the the bits of the film where it needed to be really emotional but was chugging away there in the background otherwise yeah actually one of my favorite low-key bits of music in it is when he goes into the like farmer supplies shop and he's right near the start and he's talking and in the background crazy is but crazy yeah in the background while he's talking really quietly <laughs> was, yeah. i didn't notice that um but yeah i really like that i don't think the music dates it too much either like it no it it's weird sometimes you watch films from that kind of era and the music really really like sticks out because it really dates it but I think maybe there's a bit of old timiness to the music and it, it kind of doesn't give away. Because I, I was kind of struggling to work out exactly when it was meant to be set at points. I know there was a bit at the start, but I don't think I was paying enough attention. I guess it's like the mid-80s. 
early to mid 80s is it yeah I, I think it, they filmed it in 88 and set it in the time that it they were filming it as okay. far as i could tell yeah because the bit when they go back in time to find moonlight graham and they he goes and he sees that the godfather is showing and he's like what today oh today? yeah that, so that was meant to be 72 wasn't it yeah and that was the past so you know it's after that yeah and moonlight yeah. graham was a real person as well i had been meaning to look that up today actually i wasn't sure whether he was a, a real dude because the terence man who is played by is it who's it played by um, James Earl, Darth James Vader, Earl. Jones, Mufasa. Mufasa. Yeah. James Earl, uh, Mufasa, Darth Vader, James. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty. Sure his character is actually made up, though, right? Yeah. Parents, man. Not a real. Not a real writer. Which is I was kind watching of... it, being like, I want to go and read his books. He sounds great. Oh, it's not real. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's what's kind of weird about it, because Shoeless Joe's a really kind of famous and well-known name, but. And you, I kind of expected that he was also a real person, but but yeah, I was kind of bummed out that he wasn't. Yeah, but it's he actually is also based some... on a book. Oh, okay, where's um, the book called Shoeless Joe by W. P. Kinsella, who lent his name to the book, who is a Canadian guy, but he wrote it while he was studying at the the Iowa Writers Workshop and living in Iowa, so. Oh. <laughs> when did that come up? Uh, in the sixties, I think. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, no, nineteen eighty-two. Tell a lie. Oh, okay. So oh, not that God long Father. before they made the. Yeah. <laughs> as everything should be defined as. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed when he first meets Terence Man. He's like, "You're from the sixties? Like, oh wow, you're from the sixties." And then he just tries to lock him out. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tries to threaten him with a fake finger gun. <laughs> and he says, he says, peace, love, dope. <laughs> that was really funny, actually. Well, that's the thing is, he's, he's quite a good comedic actor, but in a very, like, stoic way. It's, he doesn't really... You don't expect him to be quite as funny as he is, I don't think. No, not at all. That's the thing. It is punctuated with moments of humour that really, really do help to break it up and without which it would feel very, very sentimental and very cloying. But there are bits where his character is a little bit goofy and just goofy enough. And it's, yeah, it's really nice. It works. Yeah, and I think the same thing for the wife as well. His, um, Kevin Costner's wife in it. I can't remember her name. Annie. Hmm? Annie. Annie. She um, she kind of breaks a lot of it up where because they they're quite lovey dovey, but then they also take the piss out of each other, and it's like mm. it's not. It could very easily turn into something smooshy and and, but it, it's it's got the right amount of humor in it. It's it's really good fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed the dry humour of it. I have written down the other characters' names, but not not Kevin Costner's character's <laughs> name. Uh, he was called. He wasn't called John, was he? John was no, his dad. Bull Durham Kinsella. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Kinsella. <laughs> he um, the bit at the beginning where he kind of whizzes through his personal history 
is very dry and I really liked that because it was the right level of dry humour to meet the the kind of personal growth story to do with his relationship with his father and the more serious sorry that's our gerbils um i was gonna say what the hell is that noise it sounds like you're <laughs> having an earthquake hang on let me just I'm tend me. to the oh, okay sam's gonna move the gerbils they like to make noise as soon as we're doing anything which involves peace and quiet so they're now being banished no don't Good. throw them out there <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is he throwing them out the door? Get out no, of here! No gerbils were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs> I uh, make no yeah. such guarantees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a bit where he said that then they had Karen, their daughter, which is the oldest lady sounding name to call a child. Um, <laughs> yeah. But said she smelled weird, but we, we kind of liked her all the same, which I thought was really down to earth. Um, yeah, because everyone's always on about that new baby smell. What if your baby smells weird? <laughs> Surely they don't all smell the same, right? My baby smells great, you... just to clarify. <laughs> maybe you just don't like that smell. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay to think they smell weird. Um, I think, yeah, I think it does something quite quite well, which is there's enough humour in it that it doesn't get too bogged down in what is kind of like a sad and serious story and you only really get that and really hits right at the end and it almost feels feels like it hits harder because they haven't haven't played up as much throughout or it's been interjected with with humor and and goofiness and then that bit at the end where he's playing catch with his dad and when he actually calls him dad and he turns around and asks him if he wants to play catch that's like hits you right in the hits you right in the gerbil yeah Yeah. that's good obviously obviously the whole time you're thinking it's gonna end with some dad shit isn't it but (laughs) it's it's good you you don't mind that even though his dad's younger than him (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's a weird one isn't it because there's a bit where he says um he's talking to someone about his dad he said he's like i rebelled and i didn't like baseball because my dad liked it and i yes i refused to play catch with him at one point and he said can you believe that an american boy refusing to play catch with his dad but he he writes that wrong at the end of the film yeah and the dad has a catcher's mitt for some reason yeah and they all have those like really funny old timey mitts like what what did we watch last the natural the one, the ones yeah. that look like an actual glove, like an oven glove. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dual-purpose glove. See, take it home to your wife. <laughs> she get the cake out the oven. Exactly. Yeah. So we had yeah. uh, Ray Liotta as Shula Sue yeah. Jackson, which was a bit off-putting because Sam and I had watched Goodfellas last week. Oh, um, did you? <laughs> with Ray Liotta in it. So. You have a massive Ray Liotta fest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were have you guys slightly... seen Marriage Story? No, no yeah. uh, it's it's kind of annoying. We did we did it on the other, we covered it on my other show, but um, Ray Liotta's in that as a as like a um, marriage lawyer, and he's really good. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. But we'll need as a kind to, of angry, hard ass marriage lawyer. So you should just watch the scenes with him in, and not the rest of it. Yeah, I'm just going to Google yeah. Ray Liotta scenes from Marriage Story and see if I can get a super cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was great in this. Yeah, he was really good. I really like his character. I was thinking about it, it's probably around the kind same sort of era, isn't it? It's around the same time this came out in '89, and I think Goodfellas was only a couple of years after that. 
Oh, yeah, okay. it's 1990, Goodfellas. So it's quite a, like, it's right in that Ray Liotta sweet spot. Uh, Peak Liotta. Peak Liotta, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. sounds like a type of pasta. It does. Peak Liotta. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting because now I understand baseball more than I ever have done. I realised it looks a bit weird because he was catching left-handed. He had his glove in his right hand. But then when he batted, he batted right-handed. So he's oh. left-handed, yeah, yeah, I did left-handed throwing, right-handed batting. And that's what I was trying to fact-check mid-hiccup earlier, is that actually Shoeless Joe Jackson, Jackson was like that as well. So it wasn't oh, an accident or a mistake. He, right. Yeah, huh. which was That's really, really cool. So did they have to find an actor who could do that? Or do you think the scenes where he batted, they he just was swinging and not actually hitting properly? I don't know. I mean, you could, most people can kind of hit a ball, can't they? So maybe it was more that he have, was having to practice. Because I don't know if you actually saw him throw, but you saw him catch right hand. Oh, yeah, no, there was a bit of catching right handed and then throwing. There was definitely some hitting because they did that sort of. He, he asked him if he could pitch and they he got him to throw him a bunch of pitches. Can, and you, he was... can you OK Google your phone? <laughs> no, I can <laughs> Go on. Oh, you What do you want to know? Um, is, is Ray Liotta right or left handed? Okay. You can carry on talking and I'll, I'll have a look into it. Well, I wasn't listening to what you were saying before because I was too busy thinking about Ray Liotta's hand tendencies. <laughs> so whether, a, would it be natural hitter. for him to throw left-handed or is it natural for him to bat right-handed? Maybe he's an amphibious pitcher. <laughs> That's not the same as a submarine pitcher, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> In, in the same uh, same family, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm not going to search for that right now because there's a lot of trivia. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, well, yeah, way. I love when you first see Ray Liotta, and it, yeah, there's a guy. It's like there's a guy on the film, and like so much of it is about Kevin Costner just being vindicated over and over again, while still yeah. implying that he's crazy, and that kind of gets that balance right in terms of the rising action of the film. But the first time you see him and he walks down to the field, it's like, you know, it's it's Shoeless Joe, but you also know it's Ray Liotta. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's a funny yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's funny because he's the only really recognisable actor playing one of the baseball players. Most of the other actors weren't anyone. It wasn't anyone I recognised. He's got Burt Lancaster as the old doc. He's oh, one yeah, of those yeah, old timey cool. film guys. This was his last film role, apparently. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And I recognise recognize the guy who played him as a young man, but I can't think what from. But most of the other guys you didn't recognise. You could tell that he's kind of the star of the film to a certain extent. He's Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got sure. that model pose, doesn't he? He turned he's... and looked back over his shoulder. The stoic pout. Yeah, I just I found that there's a few scenes where he like pauses just a little bit too long before he says something <laughs> and you're like is he actually going to kill you is this just another yeah another gangster film well he was oh. really also was probably a bit of a swoon fest wasn't he back then was he a stud stud muffin was he a <laughs> yeah total babe? I reckon. yeah he's got those eyes doesn't he i would it's all in the eyes <laughs> what now I don't know how old is he. Alive? Not now. Is he alive still? Well, if he's in Marriage Story, then he is right. <laughs> yeah, he's not like super old. Oh, okay. Um, he's I 65. really, 
That's, I that's... really enjoyed that they um, shit talk Ty Cobb as well. <laughs> yeah. Kind of and then he's like, yeah, we didn't invite him. Ah! <laughs> the guy has this massive, like, huge guffaw. I love that. Yeah. Who is Ty Cobb and why did they not invite um, him? He, the only thing you really need to know is that he was a racist piece of shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fine. Um, and, and just he a used very... to, like, deliberately, like, spike, use the spikes on his shoes to cut people up when he was sliding into bases and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, he was a nasty motherfucker. One of the greatest players in history in terms of, you know, stats and stuff. But, yeah, apparently not a nice guy. <laughs> not good people. Mm. Yeah. Well, when Ray Liotta first appeared in the film, so the story goes to uh, Kevin Costner. What was his name again? Mike? <laughs> Mike, Jeff. Mike. Steve. Frank. <laughs> Bill. Kinsella something. <laughs> Ray. Ray. His name's Ray. Ray. <laughs> in the right. film. Ray. Ray Kinsella. Ray. He um he builds this baseball field because he hears voices and his wife is like the, the total wife goals. She's just like, yeah, dig up half of our land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it. Fields. If you believe well, What's it, really interesting about it is she, she doesn't realise that it's used up literally all of their savings until after he's done it. They never really looked at like how much it would cost. Them, so <laughs> yeah, do it. Even then <laughs> she's like, yeah, no, you you did really fuck us here. We... <laughs> but she never they never argue she's still supportive yeah yeah she's just and their daughter is the sweetest kid never like nearly choked and was just like oh yeah i just feel a bit embarrassed like the <laughs> the quietest four-year-old she must be around four it was just yeah, like maybe a little that just yeah. doesn't happen gonna she move everyone out to a field in iowa that'll sort them out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a, it's a good way to go. Take that, kids. That will learn, yeah. <laughs> the farmhouse um, does actually look really nice. Yeah. yeah. I would actually love to live that kind of life. It does sound really nice. The funny thing I thought was when uh, Ray Liotta first appears on, on the farmland, the little girl Karen goes, Daddy, there's a man on your lawn. And, you know, most Americans would grab their gun. Yeah. But he didn't. <laughs> the, yeah, there is a very different film begins there yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but and that it mainly takes place in the house and there's a rainstorm and a sort of locked in your house thriller horror story wasn't there cornfields in um signs i was gonna i kept thinking this the whole time through i was like it it was him in signs as well right kevin gosner kevin gosner I, all I remember about that film is Joaquin Phoenix is in it and there are some very tall aliens. I just yeah, remember the really bit with the creepy. knife under the door trying to reflect to see what was under there and this hand comes under. Ooh. No, it's Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Oh, yeah, who is yeah. who is like a shit Kevin Costner. Yeah. And is also, like Ty Cobb, a racist piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. And he made The Passion of the Christ, which is <laughs> awful. Um, well, yeah, but also I'm got his bum out in Braveheart, so you know it's not all bad. <laughs> hey, we've all got our bum out. Everyone's done it. Yep. Anyone who says they haven't is lying. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he he kind of justifies all of this craziness of traveling around and picking up famous old authors and building the um, building the field as it. it 
being to do with primal forces of nature. And I did consider that maybe that's just something I'm going to start using whenever I want to do something that seems a bit ridiculous. Just being like, yeah, well, you you just can't stop primal forces of nature. Yeah. And then walk away. I heard a voice and it told me that I had to fly to Toronto immediately to go see the Blue Jays. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Sam, what? No, you can't do that. Primal forces of nature. Yeah. Can't yep. do it. Soz. It's really important that I buy this massive amp stack so I can play guitar really loud. <laughs> Primal force of nature. <laughs> I did think, though, if I ever heard voices saying, if you build it, he will come and ease his pain, I it would have taken me about four years to work it out. Kevin Costner, yeah. on it. Yeah, he's pretty good. I bet he'd be good at the cryptic crossword. Yeah, oh, all those geez. escape the room games. He'd be out of there in like, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he could do the magic Sudoku, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> bastards. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I genuinely, I just, I really enjoy the film. I, I think it's really nice. It's really easy watching. It's not as long as I remember it being as well. It like it's quite a short, sweet, like doesn't drag on, doesn't doesn't overplay anything. You get a little bit of you know, you get to see some some real life baseball for a bit. Yeah. There's not actually tons of baseball that goes on. Yeah. No, I was just about to say that actually, that it's not a baseball heavy baseball film. It's not loads and loads of action where I think that is actually what turns a lot of people off watching baseball films if you're not into baseball is you think it's literally going to be like, you know, 90 minutes of watching Shoeless Joe Jackson and the 1919 White Sox hitting balls in a field. <laughs> so yeah. actually that's like, that's about like five minutes of it. And the rest of it is Kevin Costner being like a really great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they yeah. call him the biggest horse's ass in three counties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did think he he was just too distracted to appreciate his wife's excellent savagery at the PTA meeting. <laughs> she was so excited and he was like, no, I just figured it out. And she was really patient, like, go on. Yeah, OK. Yeah, fine. Yeah, but... I would have been like, no, fucking listen. Did you I just hear that, that shit? Bitch. I just like, <laughs> yeah. That was great. Primal forces of nature. Primal, yeah, yeah she was a primal force of nature in that, wasn't she? <laughs> that was a really great scene, actually, and it tied it all into the kind of the Terence, Terence Mann bit, where it's all about they're trying to work out who this famous writer is, and that she often in those kind of films they do tend to try and use a famous writer, or there's if there's kind of literary allusions, it always ends up being a bit like the film is trying really hard to be literary, and in this they weren't. It was just because he needed to be part of the idea of dreams and the idea of easing pain. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah, and he's he's one of the best characters. I think he kind of ties the whole film together in a way for me. Like the... Yeah he his kind of humor and and he starts off being really cold and closed off and he's the one that goes through the biggest transformation as a person yeah he's the Which one is who great kind of really yeah i mean you, you think it's all over and then it's like he turns around and like stands in front of the van and he's like i did hear the voice that said this like, yes yeah. i knew it but he was sitting there at fenway park eating his dog and a beer <laughs> yeah. Ah, Mufasa. 
<laughs> well, we watched the um, new Lion King recently. Have you guys seen it? Um, I don't acknowledge no. its existence. <laughs> well, interestingly, James L. Jones is the only person to reprise his voice acting role oh. from the original film because they couldn't have anyone else do Mufasa, right? Yeah. Yeah. How did you find the film that doesn't exist? It's too. It's too strange. It's just too bizarre. It's you can never get away from the fact that you're like that's a photorealistic lion singing. It doesn't work. It's too. It's too weird. Everyone knows real lions don't sing. No. Yeah. Especially upbeat songs like "I Just Can't Wait to Be King." And there are there are some like um, voice voice actors who you know are good actors who I like in stuff, but because it's it's too much of a departure from the original, I just can't enjoy it. And maybe it's fine if you don't have the original as a nostalgic thing for you. Like it was the first film I ever saw in the cinema, so to me it was always going to be difficult. I think, but mm. yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, you just go into denial, like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's the most sensible decision. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> And there's, oh, yeah. there's, they're doing it to all of those films now as well. There's a, yeah. there's a Lady and the Tramp, which just looks really bizarre. Yeah, mm. I haven't got any time for that nonsense. No. But you've got time for Shoeless Joe. I've got Always. many, many times for yeah. Shoeless Joe. So, Although he was wearing shoes the whole time. I was going to say, the my story, yeah. they did cover it, but they didn't over-cover it, which was nice. They basically said that he was suspended, but... The ha- the thing with the socks was that he played a game, but wasn't it when he was in the minors? Yeah, I he think played they... a game and his shoes were uncomfortable, so he took them off and played in his socks, just for yeah. the last inning or something. It was like the seventh inning. He gave up on his shoes. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's based on a true story. I think so. Yeah. I yeah, that's how it happened. I think. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and they didn't they didn't kind of overplay the the um the scandal and they they kind of alluded to it and gave you a few details but they didn't really like go into it too much like that's what i mean i don't think they there was not not too much like over explaining in the plot and that's what's kind of nice it just like just fizzled along and it was it was nice it's nice like it's not too taxing on the brain it's not too like you don't have to to engage on a really high level with it you just it's just an enjoyable watch yeah i think if you have some knowledge of baseball then some of the stuff is a little bit more entertaining but not heavily like the thing noticing about the catching left-handed batting right-handed or when he goes uh ray as in ray kinsella throws a ball to um shoeless joe jackson and he hits it and he goes ah i forgot you're a you're a low ball hitter just like yeah. things like that it's just kind of that nice nod to to be entertaining but you definitely don't have to be a fan of baseball to enjoy it no i think it's incredibly gracious actually in the way that it approaches that it, like anyone could watch this film even if you know nothing about baseball i think you could still get a lot out of it but if you do like baseball it's going to feel like a, a very very warm and fuzzy film to you as well but the, the not over-explaining stuff is really right as well in terms of the magical realism element as well. I didn't feel the need to over-explain loads about why he's hearing the voice or why they're there or that kind of thing. It's just like that actually doesn't matter because it's not about that. It's about the journey and it's about how you change as a person and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. And I think it was twice in the end, but they were the baseball, sweet, sweet baseball 
players, ghosts, going, is this heaven? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. no, it's Iowa. That's <laughs> <It's> really <Yeah>. sweet. <laughs> Just funny. But again, it didn't. Even though it was said twice, it wasn't. Too, it wasn't made into a trope. Uh, it was just a gentle kind of. I don't know. Just like a gentle little yeah, nudge. I think it's quite nice that it doesn't. Like, you you can definitely definitely come away from it with some questions. Like, but it's kind of nice that you don't have to really think about it. You don't really have to overthink why they are where they are and how that fits into any pre-existing idea of you know what happens after you die i think it's just quite a yeah it it doesn't doesn't over explain it and therefore you don't have to to overthink it mm. no and it tells you you know in a way how to be a good person and how to respond to things in life where you you know, you do need to both ease other people's pain and ease your own pain and how people deal with that as well. You know, it's a metaphor for all that stuff, really, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, thought it was excellent. Yeah, so, but you I still have just... the James L. Jones speech where he goes, the one constant has been baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like his, how he answers the door. I might start doing that. He just opens the door going, who the hell are you? <laughs> might ditch the post lady tomorrow i don't she's yeah. had it hard enough that that lady's been coming up to our flat every few days to leave a parcel she doesn't deserve that all right don't make us sound like i was gonna always. say i do that to the next delivery driver but they are in the van and they ped- pedal to the metal before i can even get halfway to the door <laughs> oh really yeah <laughs> doorbell rings he's already in the van i don't know how they do it so i was having a quick look and this was made this came out the year after Bull Durham, so he was really on a like, oh wow, on a baseball baseball thing, um, and he was also in another baseball film called Chasing Dreams, which I don't think I had heard of, which is from eighty two. Okay, so that was. I haven't heard of that. The eighties was a big. He was, he was really nailing those those baseball films. But he's also in For Love of the Game, which yeah. is from nineteen ninety nine. Which is also a baseball film. Yeah, is that the one where he's like an an old retiring or... Yeah, he's like 40 in it. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So the man loves baseball and baseball films. Yeah. Do we know who he's a fan of? No, we don't. Hmm. The Durham sure. Bulls, clearly. Yeah, did we <laughs> talk about Kevin Costner this much in Bull Durham? I don't know, but he loves the game. Yeah. For the love of the game. Yeah. He didn't um, say pussy in this film, though. <laughs> That's true. It's probably for the best. You don't need that two years in a row. No. <laughs> um, how would you like to score this this film? Paddy, what do you think? First time viewer? Uh, I'm going to give it an eight out of nine. Eight, eight innings out of nine innings. It's very, yeah, it's very, very good. I would watch it again anytime. I think it's really, really enjoyable, really fun, but, you know, has an, a very good positive message and is very, very emotional without being too cloying. I thought it was great and yeah, had just really... enough kind of baseball for you to, to pull you in, but it wasn't too, it wasn't like really heavy on the baseball. It was more about his personal journey and I really liked that as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, That's I'd agree. Good. Like, I, I, I would also give an eight. I, I feel like it's, it's that kind of comfort food of sport film. It's that like it's a really heartwarming, nourishing thing to watch and make you feel better about yeah. how awful the world is. It's a Rayleigh really pasta bake. Yeah, with extra cheese. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going. It is cheesy. Full nine. I yeah. I love that film. Yeah. I just yeah, it's got good humour, dry humour. It's got yeah, it just feel feels good, you know. There's nothing that I would want to change about it. Yeah. Sweet. I'm glad. That's great. Yeah. Well done, Kevin Costner. Well done, our Kevin. He did it again. Kevin's a good lad, he knows how to make a baseball film. So, I don't remember who, who decided last time. Who... I can't remember why I voted for I think Full it was Durham. me. I think I didn't really like Bull Durham. I oh, really? When was Bull Durham? Oh, here we go. Oh, wow, it was February last year. That's why I can't remember when it was. That. Um, oh, yeah, Kevin Costner just said pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and the woman turned into a cat. Uh, yeah, I can't remember why I voted that, but this one much better yeah, yeah what's next on our you've got the spreadsheet haven't you Paddy I've got it open here actually it has our scores in it but our scores for Moneyball and Rookie of the Year are missing so yeah. I need to go back and listen to it um, so yeah I'm going to fill it in now Field of Dreams I gave it an 8 Sam what did you give it? I gave it an 8 too cool nice. not an 82 and <laughs> also so average is at 8 and a third which is the the highest of them all, actually, as it turns out. Oh, that's good. Apart from the Goose is Loose, which obviously scored a perfect nine. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The best film, hands down. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's, um... What is the film that is about the the White Sox scandal? Eight Men Out? Is that... Um, that sounds about right. That could be a good option. This isn't here on the spreadsheet. Well, it's either that or the Ed, the one with the animatronic monkey, so... (laughs) Yikes. What what even is that? No, no, it is is here on the list. Eight Men Out. Oh, that's that's also from 1988. Oh, wow, okay. Similar kind of period. Um, It's either that or we could try something something completely different. There's there's one on Netflix that's... I think Korean. Oh, is this the one where it's like a kind of a Korean gangster film with baseball? Were we talking about this before? I think so, yeah. Um, This sounds... Yes, let's do this, whatever it's called. (laughs) I don't know how to find it. (laughs) 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 We definitely had a conversation about this. Korean baseball movie. Okay, I don't know if it's this one. There's one called Perfect Game. True story of rivals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's coming up. Mr. Go. Love. Baseball Girl. <laughs> these all look great, to be honest. I want to see all yeah, of them. All of these. You put next, not Netflix. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. I can't remember the one I'm thinking of. No, I know the one you're thinking of. 
because we talked about it. If you Was just go on Korean? Netflix, Sam, I can log in and you can look. Might already be logged in. It might. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. It keeps sending me back to Mr. Go, which appears to be about a monkey. <laughs> it's like a big gorilla in a baseball costume. No, that's Ed, which is um, has to be seen to be believed, apparently. The, um, the guys on um, that baseball show did a live episode about it, which was really fantastic. Oh, I think I had some of that. Have yeah. you gone to our... He described the film as extremely not good. <laughs> Sam is pointing at the screen I for just... me like I'm some sort of <laughs> old woman. Yeah. I don't think it's on there anymore. Well, I tell you what, we're going to find out what it is and it's going to be a surprise it's be next great. time. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be great. This is awesome. Oh, there you go. Weeds on fire. Is that the one? That's it. Show? Yep, that's it. And I'm apparently playing it. Nope, nope, nope. Right, everybody's live episode. <laughs> cool. Uh, I don't think it. Yeah. Weeds on fire. We'll yeah, find out some more one. about this and and watch it, and it'll be good. Oh, yeah. Hong oh Kong no, this is, from, is this is Hong Kong. Korea. Yep, that's why. I think I was getting confused with one of the other Korean ones. Yeah, um, which had a and, similar plot. And. Our beautiful NC dinos who are absolutely oh. killing it in the KBO at the moment. Yeah. yeah. They have and won. have the best mascot. <laughs> they do. They have won a ridiculous amount of games this year so far. They are currently. Uh, I think they are. They've won like 14 or so games. Yeah, they're doing a lot better than the. Um... The uni president lions of the CPBL, who are <laughs> continue to be <laughs> awful, rubbish, but have the best dancing mascot combo. So actually, half the time you're praying for the inning to end so you can just get like the lion and the fish man <laughs> dancing to Mamma Mia or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, the NC Dinos are eighteen and five at the moment. Wow, that's that awesome. Is, that is very good. So yeah, if you're, if you're missing baseball and haven't yet got onto the CPBL or the KBO, there is some very, very good baseball happening. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think most of the Korean, uh, the KBO is is not being streamed in English, um, although there no. are some stuff, some games being broadcast on ESPN in the US, but um, all the CPBL games have English English commentary now, I think. And they're on Twitter, which is amazing. You can just yeah, just dive right in. Yeah. Highly recommended. It's good fun. And a lot of the CPBL games are like ridiculously high scoring as well. Which yeah. is just good times. Yeah, it's great fun. So yeah, there's baseball. There's baseball movies. Baseball is still good, you Yeah. Watch some more. And maybe it'll be back soon. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it. And if if you haven't seen Field of Dreams, go go watch it because it's great. But I'm sure everyone's seen Field of Dreams. (laughs) (laughs) They might have just seen the trailer. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And they know that if you build it, he will come. So. Exactly. It's true. He will. 
So yeah, if if we record it, you will listen. So thank you. <laughs> and you can find us on Twitter at DontBuntPod. Tell us what you thought of Field of Dreams. Tell us about Kevin Costner. Tell us how great he is. Absolutely. I'm going to tell us. Yep. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.